Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Couch Talk. This is Dr. Anna Kabeca here with a special guest, Jim Quick, who is the founder of Quick, spelled K-W-I-K, Learning, and Superhero U. He's a world expert in memory improvement, brain performance, and accelerated learning. And I bring him to you for a few reasons. I know that many of my clients over the years and much of my audience has concerns when we start to forget where we put our keys, when we forget the names of our children, or is that just me? When we start to forget these things as we get older, it's not only... Uh, a matter of disorganization. It's a matter of, hey, am I losing the ability to memory? Is this early sometimers or leading to Alzheimer's? And what's going on here? But also those of us who have had struggles with post-traumatic stress, chronic stress, everyday stress, the hormonal and physiologic changes can take a toll on our ability to learn and our ability to recall and remember. So I bring to you a world expert on memory coaching, and he has worked with some of the most amazing people in the world, honestly, including companies such as Nike, Virgin, NYU, GE, Harvard, Quick Learning is his company, kwiklearning.com, and he says he's had to live up to the name Quick, and he certainly has, has created a whole new standard of excellence when it comes to that. Um, Jim had a personal struggle early in his life that had left him learning challenged, and he overcame it, and now his one of his primary uh, gifts and legacy is giving the world memory recall and making it easier for us to learn and also serve our purposes. Jim's, it's a huge, huge pleasure to have you here. He has been one of my mentors. Jim, you've been one of my mentors now for years. I've been following your work and doing your programs and it, it, is, it has helped me greatly. Thank you, Dr. Anna. And thank you everyone for just watching and, and participating and listening. I look forward to this conversation. Oh, I'm so thrilled to have you here. Well, tell us a little bit too, what spurred you on, what got you started in this, um, you know, this, in your legacy in this big. Um, sure. Event. I mean, I, um, for everyone who's, who's, who's here with us, I, I think everyone could relate to these, 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 these challenges of our minds. Sometimes we're so overloaded with things and we can't keep track of everything. We're all multitasking everywhere and information anxiety, the information fatigue syndrome, where we have higher blood pressure, uh, more sleeplessness, uh, compression of leisure time. People uh, feel a little bit more absent-minded, like walk into a room of your own home and just forget why you're there. Or you open up the refrigerator and you don't remember what you're looking for. Or you're maybe taking a shower and you can't remember if you shampooed your hair, so maybe doing it twice or something like that. Or we forget where we put the, uh, our phone. We forget our own phone number so we can call our own phone. <laughs> or we forget things like our keys, or if not our keys, something larger like our, our car, where we park the car in the, at the mall or at the office. And so those are all, you know, they're, they're indicators. And so indicators of where we are in, in education, uh, indicators of where we are in technology, because we're so overloaded and inundated with information. And so I, I can relate to all of that. And I could tell people when they see me on stage or on video, and um, I'll memorize 100 people's names or, uh, or names from the audience or um, 100 numbers or words, forwards and backwards. And I always tell people I don't do this to impress you. I really do this to express what's possible because everyone who is here with us could do that also, everyone. 
uh, regardless of your age or your background or your career, you know, your diet, your education, any of that, your IQ or your gender, it's just we weren't taught. And if anything, what we were taught were these, these myths or even these lies that our intelligence or our potential or our memory is fixed and limited, like uh, fixed like our shoe size. And it's absolutely not true. And what we've discovered about the human brain over the, more, you know, over the past 20 years, we've discovered more in the past two decades than the previous 2,000 years. And what we know is it's, it's fantastic and it's, it's incredible. And the only challenge is, is we weren't taught how to really access that potential. And so my life's work is really helping people to learn what they're really capable of with their mind because your, your brain doesn't come with an owner's manual. Right? You can get something, in, you know, as a gift and any, any new piece of technology and it comes with like, you know, a playbook on how to use it, how to maximize it. But, you know, our, our bodies and our brain, you know, this system doesn't really do that. So that's why I'm a big fan of, of your work also as well. And, and I appreciate the cape that you wear, getting this information out to the people who really uh, desire it and really deserve it. And so, um, and I know that it's a lie because... Growing up, I, I had a, a series of incidences, and I'll tell you about one of them. Um, when I was in kindergarten in, in school, I had a really bad, bad accident, and I, I, I had a head trauma, and that led to a series of learning challenges all through school. I mean, I didn't, even basic things like the conversations that you know, people have every day that we take for granted, I, I didn't understand those things. Mm -hmm. um, like, would talk to me. I didn't understand. They wouldn't register, and they certainly didn't stay. And uh, so my memory was really bad. My focus was was everywhere. Um, and uh, it took me an extra two years to learn even how to read. And so I struggled. And, and so I know what it's what it's like to just not get something and feel like you're broken. Do you know? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and all through elementary school, and especially at that age, you know, when you're still, you know putting together your identity. And so I became very socially, um, I became mean, very shy. I was very introverted because when you feel like there's something wrong with you, you don't really connect with others. You don't feel like you have a lot of value to be able to share. Um, so I, I went through all school and then um, through high school and stuff like that. And I just really struggled with my grades. And when I got to college, I wanted to start fresh. And I thought I could really make my parents, my family proud and show the world, show myself most of all that I could do this because I worked really hard, but, um, but my results really didn't reflect that. And I don't know if people could relate to that in their work or if they're a student or with their kids, but you work really hard, but the, the benefits aren't apparent right away. And you feel like you're working harder um, and it's not really fair. And that's what I was feeling. So when I got to college, it actually, instead of getting better, it actually got worse. And in order to be able to keep up, I would just sacrifice my, my health. And, and I, I was ready to quit school. And at that time, a friend of mine asked me to go take a weekend off, go to uh, visit his family. And just, you know, he's going to go see his family for the weekend when I come get some perspective. And I go. And long story short, I, the family was very um, successful and wealthy, but not just um, they had a big home on the water and everything, but more, they were just really happy. And the father's walking me out his property before um, dinner time and just asked me a very innocent question, saying, uh, you know, how's school? And uh, as shy as I am, I just start crying and I just break down mm -hmm. and, uh, because it's his complete stranger because I just don't even know how to tell my, 
my family, I'm quitting and I'm just going to leave it. And it's just not for me. And I feel like I'm such a disappointment and I'm disappointed in myself. And I tell him all this and he's like, well, Jim, um, and he asked me this question, well, why, why are you in school? What do you want to be, do, have, share? And uh, it was an interesting question that I never really asked myself. And it took me a little while to answer that question. But when I finally did, he pauses and he stops and he reaches in his back pocket and he takes out a journal. And uh, I always thought like uh, 10-year-old girls carry diaries <laughs> at the time. And he takes out a couple of sheets of paper, he rips it out, and he makes me write down my answer. Uh, and it became, uh, after going through the process, like a bucket list, if you will. I didn't know what a bucket list was more than 20 years ago. But um, I do that. And when I was done, I start folding the sheets of paper to put it in my pocket, thinking the exercise was over. And he, uh, he grabs it out of my hand, and he starts to look at it. And I, I'm terrified because I didn't realize that that list was going to be seen by anybody else, much less this, this very successful uh, gentleman. And he goes through it. And I, I, I don't know if 30 seconds went by or, or three hours, honestly, Dr. I just, and, but when he was done, he looked at me and says, Jim, you are this close to everything on that list. And I'm just thinking, there's just no way. I mean, give me 10 lifetimes. I don't think I could crack that list. And then he goes like this to sign my temple, implying that it's, you know, it's my brain uh, that's going to bridge it. And I, um, he takes me into his home, into a, a room I've never seen before, and it's wall to wall, ceiling to floor, covered in books. And, I love that. Yeah, and, you, and, and now, I, now I love that, but at the time, I'm thinking like, wow, because I've never been in a room, and I was getting anxiety just because I can't read very well. <laughs> But um, now it would be just heaven. <laughs> um, but he starts going and he starts grabbing books off the shelf, each of the shelves. He starts handing them to me. And I start looking at the titles. And there are these great biographies of men and women in history, some really early personal growth books like uh, Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking, really old school. And um, he asked me to uh, read one book a week to help me achieve the things on that list. And I say, oh, I just do not hear what I was telling you. I have all this schoolwork. I can't even keep up with that. And he looks me right in the eyes and he says, Jim, don't let school get in the way of your education. And I was like, oh, wow, that, that's a nice quote. <laughs> I didn't know at the time it was Mark Twain. But um, I was like, that's really nice. And I, I really, I can't do it. And then very smart man, he takes out um, of his pocket my bucket list, which he still has. And he starts reading each one out loud. And it's something about hearing another person who's, who's you know, rather successful, but then I just met a stranger and affirming out into the world, like hearing externally somebody else speak your dreams and desires and, you know, your, your fantasies, if you will. And, um, and honestly, Dr. Anna, a lot of things on that list, half of it was things I wanted to do for my family. And things that they could never or would never do for themselves. And uh, with that extra motivation, which I think is critical to memory, uh, which we could talk about, I feel that um, I agreed to read one book a week. And so I go back to school and I'm sitting at my desk and I have a, a pile of books that I have to read and then a pile of books that I really I, I want to read. And that really puts me over the edge. In order to keep up, I don't eat, I don't sleep, I don't spend time with friends, I don't exercise, I don't do the critical things that we know, self-care, right, that you're always talking about. And so um, it's not very sustainable. And so I'm living in the library, and one night I pass out at the library, and I fall down a flight of stairs, and I hit my head again. 
And I wake up two days later, and I'm in the hospital, and I'm hooked up to this IV because I'm very dehydrated and malnourished, and um, I thought I died. I was down to 117 pounds, and it was a scary time. And um, at the time, I was like, what do I do? I don't know what I that, That's it. I did my, my breaking point. And it's so funny how sometimes, you know, breakdowns, you know, lead to breakthroughs. <laughs> at that time, I, um, the nurse comes in with a mug of tea and it had a picture of uh, a pretty smart guy, Albert Einstein. It had his quote in, in some iteration that we've heard before. Basically, it said the same level of thinking that creates your problem won't solve your problem. You know, it made me think the same level of thinking. What's my problem? I'm thinking, well, my problem is, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm a very slow, I'm broken. I'm a slow learner. And how do I think differently about it? I was thinking, well, maybe I could learn how to learn better. And I think my first idea was like, well, maybe I could go to school and learn that. And so I look at a course bulletin and looking for classes on how to learn. But every single class is a class is a great class on what to learn, math, history, science, Spanish, all, all very important subjects. But there were no classes on how to learn it, how to listen, how, how to take notes, how to study, how to master how to how to think for myself how to be creative how to do all these things how to how to remember more i always thought in school they teach you the three r's reading writing arithmetic but the the, the fourth r you know maybe should have been recall maybe should have been retention maybe should have been remembering you know socrates says there is no learning without remembering and so that's the thing with nowadays and so I started focusing all on this thing about, you know, I was obsessed with this riddle. You know, how do I, how do, how do I, how does my brain work so I could work my brain? And I started studying adult learning theory and neuroscience and then multiple intelligence, everything I get my hands on to just figure out how this works. And about 60 days into it, something amazing happened. Like a light switch went on when I just, I sitting in class and I actually started to understand uh, the teacher. I started to be able to remember, you know, what, what I was reading. I, remember I, started, I started having better focus. And it just changed everything. I mean, my, my whole, not only did my grades change, but my whole life, you know, and it's so funny how ripple effects happen, right? You, you, you fix one thing that you always have a limiting or learned helplessness around and all of a sudden everything expands because we, we access what I call the, the superhero you, Y-O-U. It's that version of ourselves that we know is, is there. It's just we need, you know, the tools or the techniques or the, the, the life conditions to be able to help, you know, help it emerge. And so with that success, to, to close this, um, I couldn't help but share these techniques. I didn't realize, I don't, the biggest thing is like, why weren't we taught this back in school? And then I, I started tutoring people. One of my very first students, she was a freshman, she ended up struggling with the speed reading. I teach people how to read three or four times faster um, and understand what they remember what they read. She struggled for about a week, and then a light switch went on, and she started to read faster, and she ended up reading 30 books in 30 days. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine, like, going on Amazon or Barcelona, picking up books, and I think everyone can relate, if anyone has books on your shelf you haven't read yet, and um, I wanted to, I know, I, didn't, I wanted to know not how she did it, I know exactly how she did it, but I wanted to know why. And I'm all very interested in human motivation and uh, like what gets people to do it, you know, to change their lifestyle, to be able to make changes and such. And I find out that her mother, I always get choked up thinking about this, her mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer and was given a couple of months to live, like 60 days. And um, the books she was reading were books to help save her mom. Um, and 
you know, and I'm only like, I'm a freshman in college. I just, you know, send prayers and keep you in my thoughts and good luck. And six months later, I get a call from this young lady and she's crying and crying. And when finally she gets her breath, I find out there are tears of joy. And her mother, I find out, not only survived, but is really starting to get better. Doctors don't know how or why. They call it a miracle at the time. But her mom, her mom, she, um, her mom attributes it 100% to the great advice she got from her daughter that learned from all these books. And that, that's where I just, um, I mean, that's where I found my calling. I, I realized that all this information is there in, in books. You know, people, That's why I love podcasts and I love interviews. And I love books because I know that that information, the right idea could change a life. It could transform a life. It could save a life. Right. And so that's, that's what I love. And so I, the challenges were inundated with all this information, but so the amount of information is doubling at dizzying speeds. Like, I mean, they say now the half-life of information, I mean, just the amount of information that exists is just so much more just six months from now. And so it's like taking a sip of water out of a fire hose nowadays, right? How do you process all that? So information is like this, but how we learn it, how we read it, how we remember it, it's exactly the same. If not for some people, it's actually dipped. Right, and in terms of their ability to keep up. And so that gap creates this thing that compromises our health, this thing called stress, this thing called anxiety. And, uh, and it's creating this really, this ripple effect into our careers and our relationships and to our parenting and everything else. And so my goal is to help people basically teach them, you know, quick learning 101 to upgrade their skills so we can catch up with the demands that we have nowadays with technology. And so they could catch up, they could keep up, and really busy people who are all busy nowadays. A friend said, stop calling it busy, just so you have a, a full life. You know, it's a, it's a little more empowering. But um, just help people have the ability so that they could go out there and, and do the things that they need to do with greater ease and, and uh, less effort. Oh, that's so true. And I thank you for sharing that story. And I hadn't heard in the everything I followed with you, I hadn't heard that story of your freshman year in college and how you met that a man that's such a wise man it makes me think of the quote that chance favors the prepared mind and also you're a living an example of neuroplasticity right the how the brain just continues to develop and grow we're um, misled to believe that only in our childhood are we exponentially learning because yeah. science shows with neuroplasticity we can exponentially learn I mean that means we can increase our learning just tremendously even well into our 80s 90s and beyond and it's it's truly truly amazing and you said so many good things I have to parrot back um, that you said when when uh, you feel like something's wrong with you, you don't really connect with others. And you know I'm so about connection. And and so the way you bridged the that obstacle, the way you, um, and, and so many of us have felt that way. I feel, you know, if I feel out of it as a, um, you know, on the level of other super moms, you know, feeling out of it, can't really connect with them. And we're self-talking down to ourselves, we lose that ability to gain and benefit from the connection of the human spirit, which is so healing in and of itself, and regaining that confidence in ourselves. And I want to just encourage our listeners, because in, in my life, in my past, you know, I was a very efficient learner. 
you know, great visual memory and able to stay on top of many tasks at one time. And then after the, you know, many of my listeners know early trauma um, 10 years ago that I, I just, I struggled and I certainly know what it feels like to have PTSD flashbacks, memories we don't want to remember, right? Memories we'd like to forget, but unfortunately we end up forgetting memories we'd like to remember. And and that was part of, again, the push to get me to take your programs, come to, been out to California to sit in your audience of amazing, amazing people all wanting the same thing to learn better. And that made a difference. The other thing you said is that between our bucket list and where we are now is our brain, right? Basically, is that that it's our, you know, the way we think and how we can train our brain. Again, um, we haven't tapped on the full abilities. Um, I haven't certainly <laughs> much farther ahead than me. Um, but tapping on the full abilities of our brain, not just in the learning process, but also in the encouraging process, right? How we how we approach the issue at hand. And I posted today on um, Instagram a picture of my daughter. I have a 16 and a half hand horse. And Ava's seven years old and weighs 45 pounds. She's tiny. Yesterday, she was like, hey, I'm going to clean her feet. And she's under, I mean, she doesn't stand high to the horse's belly. So she's under the horse picking up his her hooves and cleaning out her feet and she's so tiny compared to this big horse and I was like perspective is a funny thing that would intimidate so many people and, and, and it had intimidated her in the past but confidence familiarity practice a good coach all of those things have encouraged her to have the independence and use the right technique to do something that seems enormous to me from my perspective for her was just, okay, I'll clean the hubs. And she's cleaning the hubs of this monstrous horse in just a beautiful, caring way. And I just I love that. And I think, so what you've done for me has been an amazing coach, encouraging me along the way and giving techniques. And one of your, uh, uh, techniques that you talk about, well, the acronym, you like to give an acronym. And I remember for many of our moms listening, you use an, an acronym called MOM for our ability to learn. Will you talk about that? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, if, if anyone has ever feeling like those memory lapses or the senior moments or uh, some people call it midlife pauses <laughs> instead of senior moments. I call uh, it menopause. <laughs> menopause. Um, there are, I think there are three primary keys to remembering things. And if you're ever forgetting anything that we talked about, you're forgetting, you know, uh, someone's name or even a family member, one of your kids' names, you're messing, you're messing them up or forgetting, you need, you need to give a toast at a wedding. Or just you, you want to keep better ideas of like when you're at the, you're at the grocery store and like what do you go to get one specific thing and you come back and you got everything but that one thing that you wanted, that you went to the store for. Um, I think there are three keys, three elements to a stronger memory that everyone, no matter, again, whatever your age, you can improve on. And so I call it mom uh, in tribute because I think it's the mother of just, oh, it's like my framework for just understanding and remembering things. Um, the M stands for, well, let me, let, me, let me ask people. It's say the big common, uh, when people ask me that they want to, can you improve my memory? Can you help me with my memory? It's kind of someone coming to you and saying, oh, can you help me be better at sports? And you're like, okay, well, what sports specifically would you like to improve on? Because there are different techniques for different things. And so um, 
So first is very, very, having a very clear goal. And so let's say our goal is to remember names. I think a lot of people have trouble remembering people's names. Mm-hmm. And you meet someone, they give you their name, and then what happens? It just disappears out of your mind. And uh, I think it's one of the most important skills to learn in communication is that I feel like uh, think about the emotion tied to a person's name. It's probably one of the very first words you learn how to write or to learn how to say. You're given all that love, so you attach that love to that to your name. And it's the sweetest sound to your ears, as they say. And so let's say someone has trouble remembering names, but I have, let's say there's a suitcase of $100,000 cash for you or your favorite nonprofit if you just remember the name of the next stranger that you meet today. How many people are going to remember that person's name for $100,000? Everybody, right? And so, and there's no technique involved, right? And so it had nothing to do with their potential or their capability. It had to to do whether or not they were motivated or not. So the M in mom stands for motivation. That's what we talked about in terms of learning theory. I I did a talk um, recently in Silicon Valley and uh, Bill Gates comes up to me afterwards and he was in the audience. We start talking about the future of education. Like what is the education system going to look like or what can it be? And we started talking about these different pillars and we talked about uh, adult learning theory, which is my passion, right? How do you get people to, to learn faster like they, they really can? You know, how do you integrate that with it, the world of technology, right? And so it's like you have technology because now classrooms don't have four walls. We're, we're having this conversation around the world right now mm-hmm. through this digital sphere. It's amazing. So technology enables people to connect and to learn. Um, but then with another pillar we talked about is really is motivation. You know, once you have people know what to do and they have access to this worldwide, how do you get people to do it, right? So motivation is very interesting to me when it comes to memory. And so I would ask myself, for example, remembering someone's name, one of the things you could do is just be conscious of our own self-talk, you know, that self-awareness that we have, that conversation we always have inside our mind, and use that to your advantage and ask yourself, why, why, do, you, why do I want to remember this person's name? Why? And you always start with why. It's one of my favorite books. Uh, by a good friend named Simon Sinek, Start With Why, his great TED Talk. And uh, but what is your why? Why do you want to remember the name? Maybe it's to show this person uh, that you care. Maybe it's to create a relationship or, 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 or do some business with them. Maybe it's uh, to practice these techniques you learned from Jim Quick um, because, you know, practice is important. So find the, the reasons because if you can't come up with a reason, you won't remember the thing. And that's why things that we're interested in, we just, we remember because it, it has it has our attention, right? And so I would say with motivation uh, here, this is the, the tweetable. If, if, uh, if your community likes to be able to do a lot on social media and they're tagging you and such like that, it's um, reasons reap results. Reasons reap results. Always start with why, because it's that state of your, of your emotion that gets attached to the information that's going to make it more memorable, right? And we know that that emotion tied to an idea or information becomes a long-term memory. And so motivation, check in with your motivation. And if you and you can even create like a motivation metrics in your mind. On a scale of zero to 10, how motivated am I to study this, to remember this? And you say, maybe it's a four. And think about like, well, what do I need to do, you know, in my world to make it a five or a six or a seven or an eight? And as you increase your motivation, you find that you'll remember more and you'll learn better also as well. And so that's, that's the M. The O in mom is, uh, I always ask people to do this, um, is to, and do this at home if they're, if they're watching. Um, they can just, uh, actually here, it's something everyone can do, even if they're listening to it, is uh, we all go and we want our favorite search engine, and it's called Google, right? We're on Google each day and stuff like that. 
but uh, how many people are willing to bet that you know their lives they know what color each of the letters of the word Google is? But it's something we see every single day, a number of times a day. So the O in mom stands for observation. Mm. Observation. This is really key to memory and learning. A lot of people they're not forgetting the name; they're just not hearing the name to begin with. A lot of people blame uh, their memory for when they lose the keys or where they park the car, or you know, or something that they're studying, preparing for a meeting, or a conversation they're having with a colleague at work. And, but it has they blame their retention, but really it's their attention. It's not their retention. It's their attention. So observation skills are really key. And so I modeled our program, our training around some of the top observers, you know, in the world, forensic scientists, people who are just trained, you know, athletes to be able to pay attention. And so that's really key is, is really honing your observation. And I would say, and I, I like to integrate like these little stories that people remember, you know, leadership. When you think about great communicators or connectors, you know, that, that you know, your, one of your passions connecting is, uh, one of the icons I think about is President Bill Clinton. You know, regardless of your political bent, he's got great charisma, right? Great communicator, great connector. A lot of people don't realize also he has incredible memory. Every time I had the opportunity to meet this gentleman, he remembers my name and our last conversation. He remembers these details. And I remember asking him one day, I was like, how do you do that? How do you, what memory techniques are you using? Uh, and he says, Jim, I don't use any memory techniques. You know, it's, it's, uh, and which is was interesting, and I find out by asking him that his grandfather would, uh, in Arkansas, would have the children there and, and tell stories, you know, each evening. And then not only that, though, he would act afterwards ask them questions about, like, quiz them what he what he told them. And so he would have to really hone his listening skills. And I remember one time, it's very true. You know, he has this powerful presence. And I remember sitting at a table at a fundraiser with him, and there are very these iconic people like Forrest Whitaker and. Richard Branson, everybody. And when he's talking to me, though, it's like nobody else exists. I mean, there's 2,000 people in the room that are probably more important than I am, and certainly at that table, more noteworthy. But when he's talking to you, it's like he doesn't, he's not looking over your shoulder. And you can tell he's listening to every word, like he really cares. And, uh, and it's, I think his powerful presence, his incredible memory, his powerful presence comes from being powerfully present. Mm. You know what I mean? And, that, and, you know, when you're, when you're present, and I think that's what people want, right? You know, I think it's, it's what our coworkers want. It's, it's what our customers want. It's what our, our, it's what our children want, is they, they don't want our, your gifts. Like, they don't want the presence, but they want your presence with them, you know, that you're, that you're there. And, um, and so I think a key, one of the other keys to your human memory, to improving everyone's memory that's, that's participating in this, is understand your motivation, why you want to remember it, get clear about about what what result it's going to give you, a benefit, and then pay attention, you know, really check in, are you here? Because a lot of times we tend to distract ourselves, we're in the future or we're in the past or we're everywhere but here and now. And even if we're talking to somebody, we're not really listening because what we're, if you really talk to people, they, you find that they're really thinking about how they're going to respond. So they're not even present to the conversation. They're thinking about how they're going to react and reply to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And if you take the word listen and even spell it out, it's kind of interesting. If you shift the letters around, it becomes the word um, silent, which is, which is amazing. So just another reminder. And then finally, the last M in mom stands for mechanics. 
and that's what we could kind of do in this conversation. Those are the actual, not the person that fixes your car, but the mechanics are like the tools, the technique, the step-by-step strategies, how to learn that other language, how to give a speech without notes, how to remember your PIN numbers, your passcodes, you know, that person's name, if you will. Um, I just, but I really stress motivation, observation, because you know, the mechanics are, are there. You know, we have these online programs and we teach all these different steps, but just check in with why you want to learn something, why you want to remember it, and, and really just be present when you're there to learn it also as well so you can observe. Oh, that is so well said. And I think that reasons reap results mantra is excellent. The mantra I use, especially when life's crazy and we've got a hundred things going on and I'm with my children, I'm like, pause, breathe, smile, and connect. So that whole pause, breathe, smile, connect is like certainly my mantra. And that, that helps me get back to the present, get back to what's important right now in my life. Everything else will get done in its timing, but what's important right now at this time. And, and thinking of those stages when um, in medical school, for instance, such focused learning, there's nothing in front of you but what you're learning right now. And there's seven, eight, nine subjects you're learning at the same time, but yet it's that focused mastery so you know I think a big lie is that we have to be multitasking multi-focused and how detrimental that really has been to our ability to recall retain be present and yeah. connect yeah I, I think the uh, when, when the verdict is really in on multitasking it just does not work all the research that, that, that's out there, it's uh, all we're doing is splitting our attention and we're tasked, we're basically task switching. And there's these switching costs from going from here to trying to refocus. And that task is, is minutes. Sometimes it could be 15, 20 minutes or more just to refocus ourselves into something else. And that split attention, people, I use this metaphor that if you, if you go outside on a, on a sunny day and you have a piece of glass, like a magnifying glass, if you will, and you put it out and it has a, like a, a focal point, right? That's very bright and it's very bright and it could burn through a leaf or whatever. And it's kind of interesting that you look at it in the metaphor, you say it's bright. And, and that's the word you use for somebody who's very smart, right? It's sharp and it's bright. Maybe it's not just sharp and bright. Maybe what they are is just better focused. You know what I mean? Just like that lens is focusing you. And so that's, that's one of our people's superpowers indeed. It's something that it helps you to overcome. And I don't blame people for being everywhere. You know, it's just the challenge is it's, we're trained that way right now with marketing and media and technology. And we're, our, our, this, is, this is a new word I'm, I'm hearing often. It's called digital dementia. Digital dementia. Yes. It's like we're outsourcing our brains to our digital devices. Your smartphone carries all the phone numbers, all your calendars, all your email, everything that you, you know, directions on how to get here, as a calculator to be able to do simple math and everything else. So we're outsourcing our brains there. And here's, it's, it's convenient, all right? Because nobody wants to memorize hundreds of phone numbers or anything else like that. So it's convenient, but it's also crippling. And what I mean by that is they say your mind is like a muscle and it grows stronger with use. But again, like with anything, it's use it or lose it. And a lot of people, because they're not using their brains to memorize things, it's getting flabby. And, uh, but the good news is what you're talking about, the latest research when we're talking about neurogenesis, you know, producing new brain cells, neuroplasticity, that those brain cells can make new connections with novelty and new ideas and oxygen, the proper nutrients. That, that's everything. And that's how we keep your brain alive. And, and not only that, but it helps you live longer too. 
there have been studies that have been uncovered in Time Magazine where they, they do these studies with these nuns and they're living well into the 80s, 90s, and above, and they found out one, you know, what's the secret? I mean, this, their diet, so this and that. Half of it had to do with their, their faith and their gratitude, their emotional contentment, but the other half had to do with, they were just, they exercised their brains. I mean, throughout their entire life, they were dedicated to lifelong learning, mm-hmm. and were always reading and conversations and all this, and not only did it add years to their life, but it added a lot of life to their years also as well. So keep, keep that brain alive and keep it mm-hmm. active. And each of us can do it. And that's so significant. I want our listeners to know that you're offering three, a few videos for them, some uh, learning videos, which I really consider a huge, huge gift to our audience. And I can't wait to see them as well. And that's at quicklearning, K-W-I-K, learning.com forward slash Dr. Anna. So quicklearning, K-W-I-K, learning.com forward slash Dr. Anna, A-N-N-A. So um, I, I want you to teach one of your favorite memory yeah. techniques to us um, now and to our audience. Thank you. And if those who are listening in while they're driving, if it can be one that's amenable for that too. <laughs> I know many of us in carpool and, yes. and everything else. Before I do, I also want to talk to our listeners because if you are having memory problems, retraining your brain is huge. Exercising it. Our brains are hugely neuroplastic. Science has proven that you can reconnect your misfiring neurons, reestablishing good, smooth connections back in the brain, improving, uh, improving your recall, improving your visual, improving your auditory memory. And that's crucially important. And so we know one thing we need to do is eliminate distractions. But one thing for my clients too, testing, make sure that we've, we've looked at things like your thyroid hormone, thyroid antibodies, looking for inflammatory markers such as the H. HSCRP, looking at your vitamin D levels. Vitamin D is an essential pro-hormone that's key to your other hormones that help with memory, including progesterone and pregnenolone, two common prescriptions I write to help improve memory. And then looking at your hemoglobin A1C, what's your blood sugar control? Higher the blood sugar, the lower the memory. The higher the blood sugar, the higher the inflammation. The other thing is alkalinizing your diet. And you give a beautiful visual on things we have to remember to improve our memory. And so one thing you talk about are brain nutrients, right? Brain vitamins and how important that those are. So drinking Mighty Maca, green drink. Thank you. Awesome. So alkalinizing, you know, greens are essentially very alkalinizing, kelp, spinach, um, and then adding herbs, maca, certainly an adrenal adaptogen, turmeric, uh, green tea extract, all of which are in Mighty Maca, just really good brain nutrients. So alkalinizing your body, eliminating sugar, but getting testing. And if you have a family history of Alzheimer's, you can do the genetic test that looks at APOE, but it's not a destiny. It is not a destiny. I have seen people, I had a client age 78 who came to my office with a diagnosis of Alzheimer's. Um, Sorry, no, 68 came to my office with a diagnosis of Alzheimer's brought to him by my wife, who was also a client. And uh, and I I looked at his labs and many of the ones I told you, including a full hormonal panel. And what a few things I did were change the diet, a low inflammatory diet, high healthy fats, high proteins, low carbs, a lot of herbs and nutrients that we use, added testosterone, vitamin D, an exercise regimen, and lo and behold, his Alzheimer's diagnosis was a misdiagnosis, right? Because he went back for follow-up 
no Alzheimer's tremendously better. So we see that over and over again. And so that's where it comes down to what I call the devil's pitchfork, hormone imbalance, inflammation, and adrenal fatigue. That is like, we'll, we'll dig us a grave pretty quickly. So working with that physiology, remember there's a physiologic component we have to address too, but we have to work this muscle in between our ears that is eternally vital to all of us. So. I love all that. I think everyone should just rewind the past five minutes and just write all that down <laughs> because the physiology plays a, such a big role on our mental performance. It's, it's huge. I mean, we really are, we are what we eat. We are what, you know, what our thoughts we are, what we spend time with and you know, we become these things in our environment. And so be very cautious of, you know, stand guard about what's in your environment when, what you allow in your environment, both your, you know, your home and also in your, your body and also in your mind also as well. And so I, I love all of that. I mean, I think that there are, there are, I would say one third, according to the, late, the latest research, about one third of our memory is predetermined maybe by genetics and biology, right? Our condition, you know, like what, of nature, if you will. But two thirds, the good news is two thirds is in our control. And that's really our lifestyle. All the things that you just listed right there. I mean, that's a prescription for a powerful memory and a powerful life, right? Because it's just a big ripple effect. And so I think for me, I put it into 10 categories um, of, of areas, step-by-steps of the areas of improvement. And I can list those 10 what I've seen because I find that I can give people the best mechanics in the world, but if they're not adjusting their physiology, if they're not adjusting their nutrient intake, if they're not doing full-spectrum tests, on because I know you've practiced a lot of functional medicine also as well, and so based on the whole system, if they're not getting enough rest, then the techniques can still help, but not nowhere as near as much as if they're doing everything. And that's the thing. People ask, what's the magic memory pill? And there is no magic pill, but there are magic processes. And that's, that's the good thing about this. And so, you know, I, I do all of these things. And I would say that if a two-thirds really can, you can optimize, I would say that in that two-thirds, there are 10 categories. And I'll list them really quick. And uh, maybe what we can do as an exercise for everyone, we'll teach everyone how to memorize those 10 things. Great this to memorize facts and, and give a speech without referring to notes or a PowerPoint presentation or anything like that. So I would say the 10 things, and when I go through these 10 things, they're all going to be obvious. There's not one person who's here that would say, oh, no, that's not going to help. I think everyone will agree. And so a coach sometimes, not somebody teaches you something brand new, they remind you what you already know. And they, they also hold you a little accountable saying, are you really, you know it, but are you doing that? You know, you know that stress, you know, managing your stress is important, but are you really doing something to be able to mitigate your stress and lower, um, and lower your stress levels? So the 10 things really fast, and uh, I'll teach people how to remember this, is uh, for, my, for me, it's good diet, just like what we talked about. You know, you are what you eat, and good things in, good things out. It's a good diet. Um, I would say uh, killing ants. And that's not my term. That's from uh, Dr. Daniel Amen, automatic negative thoughts. Get rid of those negative thoughts. Because uh, I remember I was preparing for a marathon. And I was reading a chapter on the psychology of running a marathon. And it said this for, verbatim, because I'm a memory expert. <laughs> verbatim, it said, your brain is a supercomputer and your self-talk is the program it will run. So if you tell yourself you're not good with remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your computer not to. And that's just so telling. So the tweetable on this, as you're tweeting this out, is, um, is your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. Your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. So killing ants, number two in step, is uh, 
automatic negative thoughts. Get rid of those automatic negative thoughts, right? Number three, I would say is exercise. And I, I mean, people who are more, who move more, because they say that the, the primary uh, role of the brain at first was just to control movement, you know, the body's movement, if you will, but movement is so important. So as your, here's, here's the tweetable, <laughs> as your body moves, your brain grooves. As your body moves, your brain grooves. And so exercise is so important. And, you know, now I'm, I'm here, I'm at, uh, I'm, at, I'm at a standing desk right now, you know, because I think it's very important. I think sometimes sitting is like, the, is like, they say some people have gone so far as saying sitting is the new smoking. You know, we're sitting eight, nine, ten hours a day. We're not moving around like we need to. And so exercise. So whatever your exercise practice is, movement. Because anything that's good for your heart is good for it's gonna be good for your head. Right? In general, right? All the oxygen and nutrients, everything else, the blood flow, everything. And also as your body moves, you know that you're producing certain your your body's producing certain hormones, it's gonna help you learn better, everything else. All right. And also there's certain movements that actually will help boost your brain power. And so I'm, I don't want to micro this, but just there are physical exercises that will actually boost your brain power. And so, uh, for example, uh, things like uh, juggling. You know, there's a study done at Oxford University saying jugglers have bigger brains, that they have more white matter. And so that's, uh, you know, amazing. And so the physical movements that you can do to keep your brain alive. Um, so that's number three is exercise. Number four is exactly what we, which you talked about is uh, brain nutrients. So important because your body, there's certain in order to be able to form certain memories and be able to learn well, your brain to be optimized, it needs to be, it can't be deficient in these certain nutrients. And so, and we're not always getting that from our diet. And so where are you supplementing in, that, in those kind of areas? Um, because you need to be able to do that to be able to have those kind of connections. And so that's number four. Number five um, way of unlocking your super brain, if you will, your incredible memory is a positive peer group. You know, latest studies say that your brain uh, performance is not just your uh, neural networks. Uh, it's also, uh, as Dr. Hyman talks about, your, your, it's your uh, social networks. Your social networks is like who you spend time with is who you become. And so what's really important for your brain, like a lot of the, the, the study on the super nuns found out, is just your peers. Who, like, are, are they challenging you? Are they encouraging you? Are they teaching you things? Are they positive? And, and, you know, and, and adding and magnifying your life, if you will. And as I'm going through this, you know, we're halfway through the list. You could do a check. Well, how is my diet? How are my thoughts? You know, uh, how much did I move today and yesterday? You know, what am I supplementing in terms of brain nutrients? Who am I spending time with right now? Is there some people, I think there's some people are, are batteries included people and some people are batteries not included. <laughs> um, <laughs> they just like take your energy and then just, are you spending time with those people? And, uh, it's, and it's hard sometimes because sometimes those people are our are, are family, right? But you could choose to, to, to love and support your family, but just you could also choose also, you know, protect yourself also in ways that are healthy. Number six, I would say is a clean environment that's good for your brain. We know, and you know this inherently, when you're a little bit flustered and cluttered, when you clear up your desk or you organize things, that you get more clarity in your own mind. That's why even organizing clean environment, just even putting notes and taking notes is good for you also because it organizes yourself. And so your external world is often a reflection of your internal world. And so clean environment is, is useful. It's very empowering for your brain, nurturing for your brain. I would say number seven is sleep. 
and this is a huge one. I'm sure you see this, Dr. Anna. Like sleeplessness is like an epidemic right now, where people are getting way less sleep than they actually need. Uh, that they that they actually need, and so get that sleep because it's so critical for all the restorative properties of your brain to be able to consolidate short to long term memories, to be able to be clear thinking and focused, and make good decisions. All dependent on getting enough rest. Um, number eight is brain protection. Brain protection, I would say, is important because uh, what I mean by that is a lot of people, they hurt their brain and their memories because of accidents, right? Mm -hmm. And like, like myself, I just told you about two serious you know, concussions and accidents that I've had, and it affected my mental acuity. It affected my long-term memory. It affected all these things. So wear a helmet. Be careful of like extreme sports that you're doing at. You know, be safe. Um, and so, because your brain is, is resilient, but it's, it's also fragile. I mean, it's this three pound of this gray matter there that's just floating around. Um, number nine, uh, which I think was one of the most important things that's been a theme of what we talked about, is new learnings. New learnings. When you're talking about uh, neuroplasticity and making new connections and learning, it's, it, it requires novelty and making new thoughts and new behaviors. That's how you make those connections. It's not that... Einstein had a bigger brain than anyone else's. In fact, it was a little bit smaller, but he had, he had a lot of connections. There was a lot of density in certain areas of his brain because he would do these thought experiments and, and having new thoughts made new connections, which will raise your performance. Um, and so new learning is important. And finally, number 10 that's important is stress management. And I can't stress <laughs> stress management enough, but you know when you're in fight or flight, you know, it's great if you need to be able to, to, to run away or to be able to protect yourself. It's not really good, um, that kind of stress. Because yeah, our stress reaction is like if there's a saber-toothed tiger there, right? And, and we're creating all these chemicals that make it harder to think, harder to make good decisions. It's not really good. It's great if you need to run away, but it's not really good if you need to, to take a test, to study, to prepare for a meeting, to learn another language, remember someone's name under stress. is very difficult to manage that stress with whatever modality or practice you have. So those are the 10 keys that I would say that would move the needle to help you remember more of the things you want to be able to remember. And I think through the actual exercise of doing all these things, you get great results. So for example, and I'll teach you how to memorize these 10 things as a, as a memory technique. I think it's a great walk away, something you do right away in your own life. Um, but just to, one of the things I would say is when you do all these things, um, like recently I had a, a student come to me, I, I saw them um, outside, uh, they went through an online program, we have like this, this course on improving your memory, this masterclass, if you will, and uh, he's like, afterwards she, she said, Jim, I have a great story for you. He's like, um, you know, and have you ever like lost something and you don't remember where you put it or you hid it even worse? You deliberately put it somewhere. And she uh, was given a family heirloom, a necklace from her grandmother. And it was given to her, not her mom, not her sisters, to be able to keep safe as a safekeeping. And she hid it somewhere in her home. And for three years, she couldn't find out. She lost it. She is like coming up with that amazing password that's so clever that you, so clever you forget what it is, yeah. right? And so she hid it somewhere. And she thought for the longest time that it was lost and was gone forever. And after going through our memory program, she wakes up two weeks later in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, and she runs down two flights of stairs into the basement behind the boiler into this little crevice, this little niche, and she takes out the necklace. And I was like, wow, and we didn't teach you like necessarily how to find lost things. She was like, you know, I don't know what it is. It's just my brain feels like it's 20 years younger mm -hmm. because I've been doing all these things that you've been teaching and it feels like it's a lie. And I'm just starting remembering names and I'm starting remembering conversations and I'm starting where I put things, all those different birthdays and everything. And it's just, and that's the result of doing this, this kind of protocol. So that being said, 
the 10 things in order to be able to memorize it. I'm going to teach you one simple technique and something you could use today and for the rest of your life. It's going to enhance you. So what it is, it's, it's an ancient technique. And it's, it's, it's based on, it's by, from the Greeks and uh, attributed to this order named Simonides, 2,500-year-old technique. And 2,500 years ago, Simonides was given a poetry reading, and when he left the building, something really tra tragic happened. The building collapsed, and it killed everybody that was, that was in, that, in there. And he had the responsibility of coming back and helping family members identify their loved ones, because back then, you know, buildings weren't made out of sheetrock and wood and stuff. And so um, he was able to do it, though, based on where everyone was sitting. And he realized that we store information based on locations around us. And it makes sense because as a, as a hunter and gatherer back then, we didn't need to memorize long numbers or those kind of things or definitions. We need to remember where things were, where the clean water is, where the enemy tribes were, where the fertile soil and the food and the fish, where things were was based on would keep us alive. And so this technique is saying, let's take locations that we're familiar with and store the things that we want to remember using our imagination in those different places. Um, and that's really one of our superpowers. I, uh, we did an event, and uh, you know, we had a superhero U event. It's all about high performance. And in the audience, amazing individuals, um, and including one of them was uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote The Four Agreements. And uh, I, I said, wow, that's great. You know, so we played him on stage, and I asked him on stage, like, you know, what's your superpower? He's like, Jim, my superpower is the same as everyone's superpower here. It's the power of imagination. And I was like, wow, I really like that. And we know that Einstein said, you know, knowledge, um, imagination is more powerful than knowledge because knowledge is what it is and imagination really is what could be. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people who watch this could relate to that because that's what you do as a parent, as a leader, as a creator, if you will. You take the invisible and make it visible around us, right? And it starts with their thoughts. And so that being said, if we use our imagination and we use this idea of storing information in locations. And so let's take location that we're very familiar with. And it could be your home, it could be your work. Uh, for this example, let's use our body because we always have this with us, right? And so on this, this really quick exercise, I want to walk you through it and just do this if it's safe, right? And so I wouldn't recommend if you're operating heavy machinery or maybe if you're driving a car, you can come back to this, but just understand the idea behind this. And if it's safe to do it, then we'll do it together. Okay. So that being said, we're going to take 10 places on your body together and um, I'm going to name them certain things for a very specific reason. So number one is your top. So you could just kind of touch the top of your head. Number one is top. Number two is your nose. So two is your nose. Three is your mouth your mouth. And what I'm, what I'm doing, if you're just listening to this, is touch that body part, right? So number one is top, two is nose, three is your mouth. Number four are your ears. So four ears. Good, your ear. Now five is uh, your larynx, right? Your larynx, just like your throat area, all right? That's five. And we're halfway there, so we're going down the body. Number six is your shoulders. Six is shoulders, good. Seven is your collar, your clavicle, right? Seven is your, is your collar. Eight are your fingers. So just kind of shake your fingers, eight are your fingers. Nine is uh, your belly, my belly, nine is belly. And 10 is your seat. Your seat is just it's your rear end, your posterior, right? Your seat in yoga. So let's go through it again, one through 10. 
And this is a great exercise, right? What we're doing here, if this is brand new to you, which I assume is brand new for everybody who's listening to this, we're, we're making new connections. We're demonstrating neuroplasticity and we're making our brain stronger by doing creating novelty and exercise. And so one is top, two is nose, three is mouth, four is your ears, five is your larynx or throat, six, shoulders, seven, collar, eight is your fingers, nine is your belly, and 10 is your seat, your rear end. Okay, so those are your 10. And so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna take each of these 10 keys for improving your memory. We talked about earlier, good diet, killing ants, everything. We're gonna put one in the first place, the second tip in the second place, the third tip in the third place. And by the way, if you ever found yourself saying in the first place this, and the second place that, the third place that, that languaging actually came, it stems from that ancient memory technique 2,500 years ago, because back then people, they didn't have smartphones and they didn't have paper, they didn't have computers and teleprompters. They would store their ideas in locations. They said in the first place, that, second place, that. That's how they would remember it. Now the technique has, uh, has uh, evaporated, but we're bringing it back, but the languaging is still there. So in the first place, I want you to go to the first place, which is the top of your head, and I just want you to use your superpower of imagination, and I want you to imagine a good diet. That's the first thing you need to remember for your brain. It's a good diet, right? So good brain diet, and I want you to imagine it on the, at the crown of your head, the top of your head. And just, and you're like, wow, that's very childish. Who are, who are some of the fastest learners on the planet? They're, they're children, right? And they, they, they use their imagination. They use their creativity. And this is all about whole self-learning. It's not just left brain, you know, your logical words and sounds. It's also your right brain, imagination, your visualization, your emotion. So use more of it and you'll find that learning something is more efficient and effective. So just imagine a good brain diet right on your head. Mm -hmm. All the avocados and salmon and the, the, the walnuts, everything there, good diet, right? Number two, I would say, and even if you can't imagine it, imagine that you're imagining it, right? Number two, second place is your nose, right? And number two, I want you to remember killing ants, automatic negative thoughts. So I just want to imagine your ants going up and down your nose and you're killing those ants, right? Not that I would ever do that, but that's what makes it novel and that's how your memory, your memory thrives, your, your learning thrives on novelty. Your brain loves novelty, right? So imagine those ants there. On your nose good number three is third place is your mouth right and i want you to remember that it's exercise so exercise is good for your brain so exercise your mouth so just imagine think about what you could picture maybe your mouth is doing crossfit <laughs> maybe it's doing yoga maybe you're doing push-ups on your mouth maybe there are a bunch of people there doing squats or something like that on your lips or whatever it is just imagine exercise and you can't just go like say oh i heard it and i'll remember it you won't you have to picture it Right, and feel it. So number four, we're gonna go through these faster. Four is what? It's your ears, good, your ears. And four, if you wanna be a well member, brain vitamins, your brain nutrients, right? Brain nutrients. So imagine coming out of your ears is all your brain nutrients. All the things that you're gonna supplement with is coming out of your ears. Imagine Mighty Maca coming out of your ears right now. All the good things, all the great ingredients that you're not getting from your diet, but you know you need it, brain nutrients coming out of your ears. Good, that's number four. Number five, we're almost halfway there, Five is your larynx and your, you know, your throat area. And I want you to imagine that five is your positive peers, it's your positive friends. So I want you to imagine all your happy friends, they're going and they're just just flicking your, your throat <laughs> or putting a happy face on your throat, right? All your positive friends on your throat. Just imagine that right now. See it, feel it, imagine it. Good. Positive friends, putting happy faces 
all over your throat. Good. And then after that, we're halfway there. Number six is your shoulders. And I want you to remember shoulders is clean environment. So let's say, you know, you use clean environment. And you remember it. What would you picture there? You can imagine someone vacuuming on your shoulders, someone mopping or somebody sweeping. They're, they're, they're bleaching. Whatever they're doing on your shoulders, clean environment. All right. Number seven, we're down to our collar. And seven is sleep. So I want you to imagine on your collar there, maybe there's a big hammock or a necklace there and, and your mini use there taking a nap or something like that. Something that would just make you smile. Like that would never happen. But that the reason why you remember it is because it would never happen, right? It's illogical. So sleep um, on, your, on your neck, right? On your collar. And then finally, after that, number eight is uh, your fingers. And then you remember brain protection. For me, I picture a helmet to remind me of brain protection. So I imagine helmet on each of my fingers. Helmet on each of my fingers, brain protection. I'm protecting my fingers, brain, brain protection. Number nine, I would say number nine is, your, is, my, is my belly. And I'm thinking number nine is new learnings, new learnings. So just imagine all the things you want to learn, new learnings, the books you want to read, everything, just sitting, sitting on your stomach, right? Maybe there's a library of new learnings right here, new learnings. And then finally, number 10 is your seat. And number 10 to remember on this list is stress management. So whatever the picture of stress management for you, imagine that on your seat and uh, you keep it to yourself. You meditate, <laughs> massage, uh, you know, healthy play with some music, whatever it is, associate it to your seat. Now, you just learned an amazing technique that's gonna help you remember things from here for the rest of your life. It's just one technique. And so let's say next time, like let's say you need to give a presentation on what you just learned. So I think actually one of the things you could do to be able to help someone else is to share this video, share this podcast, this conversation with every with people you know, right? Because I think when you teach it to somebody else, you get to learn it twice. So share it with people and, and post it and rewatch it, right? Over and over again. But let's say you're sharing it on uh, to a group of people. Like let's say you're going to family function and you're like, oh, I, I learned these ten things really important for my brain because you want to teach it, right? And you, you want to remember it. Now, let's say you're in front of the group of people you want to share it with them. Maybe you're even more, you're on stage at a meeting, right? And you're nervous. How do I remember that? this 10 points to a speech that you just did? Let's say you have to give a speech on the 10 keys for unlocking your superhero or your mighty memory, if you will. And you're on stage and you go, well, the first thing you need to remember is you go to your first place, to the top of your head, and you see what? You see the good diet. So that's your first point. Then you go to your nose and then you think, what's on your nose? And you say, oh, I was killing ants. Good. Number three, you go to your mouth and on stage and you say, number three is what? It's exercise. My lips are exercising. Good. Number four, you go to ears. What's coming out of your ears? All, all, your, all your brain nutrients and everything else. Which reminds me to take a sip of, of uh, my maca. So out of ears, brain nutrients. Good. Number five, your larynx here. Positive friends, positive peer groups, good, happy faces. Number six, your shoulders, clean environment, good. Seven, your collar, that's reminding you of sleep. Remember, you're taking a nap there. Number eight is your fingers. And what's on your fingers? Helmets, brain protection. Helmets, brain protection, good. Number, um, number nine is your belly. And that's where you have all the books and all the things you want to learn. That's all new learnings. And finally, number 10 is your seat. And what are you doing there? Is you're managing your stress. And, and you can go... Yeah, forwards and backwards. You could go start from the bottom and go all the way up, but you have those 10 things and they're yours. So this technique, this location technique, if you will, you could apply towards so many things, giving a, a speech confidently without notes. You can even remember a grocery list. 
you know, imagine you just go around your home, walk, you know, sit in the doorway, stand in the doorway, look around, just take five or 10 places. They're like, okay, let's say the microwave is place one, the, uh, the stove is place two, the refrigerator is place three, dishwasher is place four, sink is place five. And you go in and you go to the next room, the dining room, and you just like do the same thing, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You have ten places in your home, and then you go to, let's say you need to go, and somebody's calling you, and or you, you're like, oh, I have to get this food for the party, and they say, oh, you need to get this, 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 and you just put, you know, put the avocados and the guacamole in your first place. You know, put the second thing in the fireplace and the third thing in the microwave and store it there, and it'll be there when you get to the grocery store. You go through and you just go and you remember where everything is, and it's just that's your shopping list. So I that has been such an incredible technique too, because somehow as you practice that, things will start to categorize by where you're going in the grocery store too. It will. So it makes it so I was like, what? Okay. So using these techniques, like you gave the example of the young lady finding the heirloom necklace that she had stored away three years prior, is that it will your brain starts making these connections. Hey, I'm gonna make your life easier. Thanks for the workout. You know, it's it really starts to help. And I've used the head-to-toe technique when I've given speeches to a group of doctors but also last Thursday we did a green smoothie day at my daughter's school so for her second grade class we just brought in there were five uh, blenders and we had mangoes avocado kale filtered water some almond milk and just it was just a wonderful experience to be able to bring in these different ingredients introduce them to the kids and make this great little green smoothie to start their day out with and just in, in a little bit of talking about the ingredients and the nutrients it was like okay don't forget right remember put these in the places that I'm taking with me and that I can remember or in, in walking through my house visually remembering what comes next and those visual techniques as a visual learner have been huge but also Jim when you taught us the the top the nose the mouth the ears the larynx the shoulders the collarbone the wow. fingers the belly and the seat all of those um, are, are triggers for um, a, a alphabet right the a it, way it, that it, another it, way it is because I'm the memory, you know, I'm the memory guy and I want to be your memory coach. So I, I overlay, I think people learn the best when they don't even realize that they're learning. So I always like to double up or, or layer the learnings. And so each of those are triggers. There's an ancient code of memory where they take, people want to learn numbers. And if they see me memorize 50 or 100 digit numbers, forwards and backwards or pi, like 3.1415, let's say pin numbers or phone numbers. Um, a great technique for people who are more auditory learning is people, they, they actually took, uh, a, this is a very this ancient technique where the geniuses came up with this idea of numbers are very abstract and they're very difficult to remember. So what if you created sounds around these and you could create that with those strings of numbers, you could create with the sounds strings of words that are much more memorable that you could remember better than just abstract numbers. And so each of those points on the body, they're actually 10 consonant sounds. And each of those 10 points are actually triggers for each of those memories. So, uh, so the first sound, number one is ta, two sound two is na, three is ma, and so on. And that's one of the things, another technique we teach, you know, dozens and hundreds of these different principles and techniques in our in our programs but and, and that's I, I, what makes it so much inner it's entertaining and it's also like you're not learning 
you know, 10 different things. They really do build on each other, which is, is really incredibly valuable. And that's good for me. And And what I think think is really important for this is not, we're not selling people that say magic pill. There are processes and it's not kind of like what a lot of people call like time consuming brain games that are frivolous of matching colors or, or shapes or stuff like that. Everything that we teach is very practical. Like uh, we have this memory masterclass, for example, and, and people, you'll, you'll see uh, like when people go and get our gift, quicklearning.com forward slash Dr. Anna, they'll get, they'll learn my favorite techniques for remembering names. They're going to learn the four keys, learn any subject or skill faster. I mean, all these things, but I, I ask people around the world, what are the, the, the areas of memory you want to improve the most? And they came up with the 12 things that they want to fix their forgetfulness in these areas. And they want to, they want to be able to remember where they put things. They want to remember their past. They want to remember things like physical movements, like muscle memory. They want to remember names and languages and all those things. So each of the, those are the 12 superpowers. And that's what we teach in those kind of online programs. And I t- can tell you this, you know, in terms of where we are right now, it's, it's yes, it's, there's, that no matter, I guess my message for people is that, you know, I've been doing this for almost a quarter of a century, almost 25 years. And this is what I know from working with people from children who have learning challenges to, you know, to the elderly with early onset of, you know, a lot of uh, brain challenge changes and, uh, and aging is that everybody could, could improve, you know, barring, you know, something that that's, that's truly genetic and a biological bottleneck for, for individuals. Everyone can improve. They just need the right knowledge and they need a playbook, you know, and they need a, they need a coach and they may need uh, these kind of conversations to be able to plug into. And that's, that's, that's what I would love to see. You know, I don't get excited about, you know, like I want to positively impact 1 billion brains. That's the goal. 1 billion brains wow. around the world. And that would be, that's what we would be excited about. And connected brains, right? Connected, present, enjoying each other. I'm so honored for your time today. Again, for my audience, Jim Quick has been a mentor of mine for the last couple of years. And I've in, since I initially saw him on stage at, at um, another lecture, Brenda Burchard's talk, and I've just been following you ever since. And doing your online programs and also working on my discipline more and more to do your online programs. But having a young daughter at home has helped me work my skills with her. And also you you see her catch on and her ability to recall when we go into a room, what was just in there and challenging each other too is, has been a great thing. And you've gifted that to me. And I have appreciated just these gifts of your education has been amazing. So as a, as a artist, investor into your programs I want to encourage our clients to go to quicklearning.com kwiklearning.com forward slash Dr. Anna and get Jim's gifts for you other learning tools and tips and you've shared a tremendous amount today I honor all this extra time you've given me and our audience and I appreciate you very much thank you thank you so much for being thank you everyone for for being part of this conversation I look forward to seeing you online and in social media Jim Quick and uh, let me know your feedback. And because I'm very active, I always respond to people like if we're connected there also as well. And until then, I wish your days be full of lots of life, lots of laughter, lots of love, and always lots of learning. Mm-hmm. And thank you for the great work that you do, Dr. Anna. Mm-hmm. Such, such, a, such a positive force, a force of nature, a force for good. 
Thank you. And thank you to all our listeners today. You please, the many tweetables from Jim Quick, you tweet that at Jim Quick and at Dr. Anna Kabeca. So I look forward to hearing from all of our listeners how you've enjoyed this and keep learning. Like you said, our mind grows and, and don't let school get in the way of your education as, as per Mark Twain and Jim Quick. We really just have to understand that it's our responsibility and it's part of our purpose and there's no time limit. There's no age limit. So for all of us listening on Couch Talk or would like to get this recording on iTunes, go to the Dr. Anna Kabeca's Couch Talk podcast on iTunes. So look forward to um, all of you and all of your feedback on our next podcast. Thank you all. Bye now.